Good afternoon and welcome to Bill Allen's Facebook Studies. This is Tuesday and I'm here in downtown Tyler, Texas. I hope that you are safe and doing well and having a good week. I pray that the Lord is blessing you and that he is using you to be a blessing to others. We are looking at two different studies in our Facebook studies this uh, this year on Tuesdays. It's uh, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And on Thursdays, there's a book on the Psalms by Tim and Kathy Keller, uh, The Songs of Jesus. Both of those are daily devotional books and guides. And so today we're looking at Oswald Chambers. And the way I do this each week is I pick a couple or three or four uh, lessons from that week. And we share a little bit about them on the Tuesday and Thursday uh, studies. So with that in mind, we're going to look at a, a couple of different uh, devotionals that um, uh, Oswald Chambers uses in My Utmost for His Highest over the past several days. And they're very much related. Sometimes you see that connection. If you're looking at a daily devotional guide, you see that connection week to week. Sometimes not so much. Of course, something like the Keller's book on the Psalms, it goes from Psalm 1 to Psalm 150 all the way through the year. So you see that connection. Uh, but with uh, something like this one, then you have different topics that are taken each day. Sometimes you can tell that for a few days, he's kind of talking about a similar subject. That's the case today. Starting on April 8th, he begins to talk about Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, perhaps because as he's writing this, he knows that it's probably going to be somewhere around Easter. Uh, and But he goes farther than that, as does the Bible. He goes farther than that because just like the New Testament, it talks about not just Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, but it talks about ours as well. Uh, Romans 6 puts it this way. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And the reason he's asking that rhetorical question in Romans 6 verse 1 is because he's just spent five whole chapters telling us how we are saved by grace through faith and that there is absolutely nothing that we can do to earn or deserve our salvation. That all the non-Jews are sinners, all the Jews are sinners, because even though they had the law, they didn't keep it. And that gets everybody. You're either a Jew or you're not. And so Romans 3 is basically everyone is sinned. All have sinned and fall short. There's no one righteous, not even one. But that gives way to the gospel. Because all have sinned, all are eligible to receive that salvation that comes by faith through Jesus Christ. And so in chapter 4 of Romans, he talks about Abraham, the father of the faithful, who was the father of the Jews, but who also was the father of the faithful and much in the new testament connects those who are saved by grace through faith in jesus christ as the true children of abraham today that's certainly his point in romans 4 it's his point throughout galatians and so romans 6 1 starts out with those rhetorical questions should we go on sinning so that grace this grace that we're saved by might increase the answer is absolutely not by no means well why not paul this is when he points them back to their baptism. We are by no means, verse 2 says, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death 
in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And then the rest of Romans 6 talks about uh, how we live that life as slaves not to sin, but to righteousness. Slaves not to self, but to Christ. And so everything we do, we do to honor him and to glorify him. Galatians 2.20 says it this way, I am crucified with Christ, but it's no longer I that live, Christ lives in me. And so that's exactly what Romans 6 verse 1 through 4 says, but it points it back to that point in time when that began. And it really began at when we were born again, as John 3 says, Jesus tells Nicodemus, born of water and the Spirit. And that's talking about our baptism. That's what Romans 6 says. We died to sin. We were buried with Christ through baptism into death. And we're raised to live a new life. What that means is that the resurrection of Jesus means more than just giving us a living hope that after we die and Jesus returns, we too will be raised from the dead and can live with him for eternity. It also affects how we live our lives today. Some of Oswald Chambers' thoughts, he writes, Our Lord's cross is the gateway into his life. His resurrection means that he has the power to convey his life to me. Christ's resurrection destiny, his foreordained purpose, was to bring many children to glory. The fulfilling of his destiny gives him, Christ, the right to make us sons and daughters of God. And that's what he's done. When our Lord rose from the dead, he writes, he rose to an absolutely new life, a life he had never lived before he was God incarnate. He rose to a life that had never been before. And what his resurrection means for us, and this is our point today, is that we are raised to his risen life, not to our old life. One day we will have a body like his glorious body, but we can know here and now the power and effectiveness of his resurrection and we can walk in newness of life. And that's what he quotes Romans 6 verse 4. We are raised to live a new life. We are raised to walk in newness of life. Uh, Paul's determined purpose was to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And that's what he says in Philippians chapter 3. As he thinks back on all of the place things he gave up as a Jewish leader, in order to follow Christ, he says this in, in Philippians 3, verse 7, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage or dung, some versions say, that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. A passage very similar to the one in Romans chapter 3. Verse 10 of Philippians 3 says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. That was Paul's expressed goal, to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection. And so Paul says, I don't think I've already gotten there yet. I'm still working on that. I'm still living that Christian life. And so he says, one thing I do, I press on toward the goal to win the prize 
for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's talking about that new life, dead to sin, buried with Christ through baptism into death, and raised to live a new life. The Apostle Paul wrote both of those great books, Philippians and Romans, and also that great book of, of Galatians that includes Galatians 2.20 that we quoted earlier. Uh, what a great blessing it is to be able to die with Christ through baptism and be raised together with him after being buried uh, in that watery grave, we sometimes say. And so in these few days uh, of uh, readings from Oswald Chambers, he talks about co-crucifixion and co-resurrection, which I think is kind of interesting. Because that's what Romans 6 says, I have been crucified with Christ. That's what Galatians 2.20 says. And, and Romans chapter 6 says, we die to sin, just like Jesus died on the cross. It's a co-crucifixion. Chambers writes, once you decide that sin must die in you, not simply be restrained or suppressed or counteracted, but crucified, just as Jesus died for the sins of the world. You make the moral decision that sin in you must be put to death. Not just put away, but actually put to death. Uh, we are considered ourselves that uh, we are crucified with Christ. But just as surely as there is a co-crucifixion, Chambers says there is a co-resurrection. And that's the next verse in Romans 6. Verse 5 says, If we've been united together in the likeness of his death, we will also be raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection. And again, I think that's ultimately realized when Jesus comes again and our bodies are raised, as 1 Corinthians 15 and 2 Corinthians 5 say, this body will be changed. The mortal must put on immortality. But in the meantime, while we're living in this world, we also have shared in his resurrection. As Romans 6 puts it, we die to sin. We are buried with Christ through a baptism into death. That's that co-crucifixion, and I would say co-burial. But we're raised to live a new life, to walk in newness of life. That's the co-resurrection, and that's happening right now. For every Christian, that new life should be able to be seen by people every single day. The proof that I have experienced crucifixion with Jesus is that I have a definite likeness to him. I'm living the way he lived. I value the things he valued. And the most important thing to Jesus was to do the will of the Father. That's why he came. And it's what he prayed for in the garden. And it's what he taught us to pray for in the Lord's Prayer. Remember, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And maybe you can personalize that a little bit to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Help me to remember that I died to sin, was buried with Christ through baptism into death, and was raised to live that new life. Uh, the spirit of Jesus entering me rearranges my personal life before God. It gives me new priorities. I no longer live for self but I live for God. I put others before myself and I put Christ first of all. The resurrection of Jesus has given him the authority to give the life of God to me. And the experiences of my life are now built on the foundation of his life. 
I can have the resurrection life of Jesus here and now. And it will exhibit itself through holiness. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them if you are mine. If you're abiding in me, remaining in the vine, you will bear much fruit. Galatians 5 tells us about that fruit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. All of those and more are the life of faith bearing fruit that we have the resurrection life that Jesus died and was raised in order to give us. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not just a guest in the throne room of our hearts, but he is living there. In fact, the way Chambers puts it, he invades all of our lives. The Holy Spirit invades me. He takes charge of everything. My part is to walk in the light and to obey all that he reveals to me. That's 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, doesn't mean that we're sinless or perfect. In fact, if we say that, we're lying. That same passage in 1 John 1 says, but verse 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that resurrection life, uh, then we have fellowship with each other, with other resurrected lives, living in newness of life. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all of our sins. Uh, there is only one kind of holiness, and that's the holiness of Jesus. And he died on the cross so that we could share in that holiness. And Paul says that's worth giving everything else in your life up for, and that's what Paul did. And that's what he calls us to do as well. To be his disciple, he says in Luke 9, uh, we must deny ourselves, take up our cross every day, and follow him. That's what it means to live in newness of life, to die to sin, to be raised, to be buried with Christ through baptism into death, and then to be raised to live that new life. I hope and pray that's what you're striving to do every day. You won't do it perfectly, nor do I, but we can do it faithfully. We can live that way for Jesus every moment, every day, loving our neighbor as ourselves, loving God and putting him first of all, and seeking to see the love and word of Christ lived out every day in our resurrected life. I look forward to seeing you on Thursday.